Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, everybody. Now, I'm gonna, I was told that I was here to preach. And, and preaching from where I come from requires some response because when there's no response, that means we need to go straight to the altar call. So if I don't hear no response up in here, I know who in here. And I know what I need to do. Listen, I am thrilled to be here. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing in his church. And I'm excited to be a part of it. It was 1986. I was in the seventh grade and we were having a dance at the, at the school. And I came from the type family that unless they was gonna have some Jesus music going on up in there, you ain't going. And so I had to come up with a plan how I would get to this dance because, well, just to keep it real, there was a little somebody I had my eye on. And I said, I'm going to holler at her at this dance. But while I was plotting, God was planning something because my dad showed up early to school that day and checked me out early because he says we have revival in Gonzales, Texas tonight, and I got to go pick up everybody in the church bus and stuff. And in that time, man, we went all throughout the woodworks picking up people. And I'm here to talk about kingdom ministry. I could take off running just saying it. Hallelujah. Somebody shout it out with me. Kingdom ministry. Kingdom ministry. It doesn't start in these fancy, beautiful churches. It starts at home. But let me tell you what happened then. My father came and picked me up out of school. Needless to say, I was upset, mad, disgusted. But I went home, we got ready, we got on the bus, started going all over these rural communities, picking up individuals who had taken off from work, people who made God a priority, taking their children out of school. I know we wouldn't have done nothing like that in today's day, but they took kids out of school because revival was in town. And that's how it was. That's what I grew up around. And when we got to the church, I'm just, I, I just got to tell it for me. This is how I came into a personal encounter with this Jesus we're talking about in here today. When we got to the church, this was one of those type churches that you could hear almost a mile away. There was noise in that house that let you know something good was going on in there. Can I tell you the kingdom of God is not just meat and drink. It's not just a bunch of hoopla. It's not just a bunch of hype. But the kingdom of God, hallelujah, is righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's why I need to hear something, because the kingdom of God brings joy. Do you know you're not going to compete with a world out there that declares uh, you have to get drunk to have fun? You've got to get high to have fun. You've got to have honeys and thotties and all this other stuff going on if you're going to have a real life. But I need you to know that the kingdom that God introduced this world to has a joy that this world can't give and that the world can't take away. And when I got there, I, I, I'm, gonna get to, I'm sorry I didn't give my scriptures to y'all to put, put up there, but I'm going to be going just here briefly, amen, and momentarily to a familiar passage in Acts, the first chapter. Uh, verse 8, and I, I want to behave myself. This is my first time here, so I want to 
act like I got good sense, but I feel, the, I feel that joy that I'm talking about. Anybody in here saved and glad about it, shout hallelujah. That's the kingdom of God. We're not, we're not passive. We're not afraid to demonstrate our love and affection. You got all kind of public displays of affection going on out there. And I want you to know that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I get happy going down the aisle of H-E-B and Walmart. When I think about there was times I used to have to borrow money to buy groceries. But God has made a way for me. God has opened up. When I, let me finish my story. When I, when I got into this church, I sat in the back of the church. And uh, 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 the minister who was preaching that night preached a very simple clear gospel message. Jesus saves. That was the message. Very simple, very to the point. But it was something about his application to scripture that touched my heart in a way in the seventh grade. Anybody here in the seventh grade? I saw some children in here. Anybody in the seventh grade? Let me see. Where? Where are the children at? Anybody in seventh grade? Stand up if you're in the seventh grade. Let me see you. Wave your hand. Okay, they said not in the seventh grade or you just being honorary. Right. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, I just wanted to give you a visual of who I was. I sat there, and while I sat there on the back of that seat, the message that this man preached was very personal. And I think for the kingdom of God, the ministry uh, that God's given to his kingdom it needs to be made very personal to this church. We understand because we've had some personal experiences. But you have a world out there that misunderstands what it means to be a believer. A world that thinks they have to be perfect before they can come through the doors of Destiny Church. A world that would be shocked to know that behind these wonderful titles we carry are some ex-drug addicts, some people who have been incarcerated, failed marriages, all kinds. The world would be shocked to know this. So it's important that the message of the kingdom is practical. I must say that again. We didn't go from earth to heaven. He came from heaven to earth. So we've got to make the message of the kingdom practical. It has to be relatable. It has to be something that people are not threatened and intimidated by. Because he didn't come to call the righteous. Uh, is it all right to walk, Pastor? All right. He didn't, call, he didn't call the righteous. He says, but I come to call sinners to repentance. It's not those who are whole that need a physician. Can I get a witness? It's not the one that's whole that needs a, if you're so wonderful, what did you need the cross for? If you're so, so magnificent, what do we need the blood for? I, I was sitting there getting so full from our brother's message just before me because I'm saying, oh yes, oh yes, that's, that's the message that the kingdom needs to take to the world because the message is he didn't come looking for perfect people. When this minister offered the invitation to Christ, I wanted to come and give my life to Christ, but I was too embarrassed. Come on, I'm in the seventh grade. I'm cool. I'm, I'm you know, there's some cute little girls up in there. I can't get, just get up and, you know, make a and sin. I'm from one of those churches that they didn't really believe that you didn't got saved until they saw something. 
They, 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 they didn't believe that you really got it right until some tears fell, till them hands got to trembling. This is, no, you ain't got it yet. Stay there for a minute. Call on them a little louder. <laughs> Reach out. And, and so I knew what was going to happen if I got up, and I wasn't ready for that. So I stood there. But let me show you the heart of a king that came to seek out those who need to be saved. You know, uh, sometimes we move too hastily in these services, not recognizing or discerning that the Holy Spirit is pricking and stirring the heart of somebody. And if you would have given them just a little more time, if you would have just lingered in his presence a little longer, hallelujah, that yoke would have broken off of their neck. Uh, those chains would have fallen off of their life and they would have made their way to the foot of this cross. But we moved too quick. We got, uh -uh, we got this to do. We got that to do. But let me tell you, we didn't get here overnight. We didn't get to where we are overnight. Sometimes it takes the Holy Spirit, amen, time to conform our minds to the mind of Christ. Conform you to a place of believing that God can do what he said he would do. This minister wouldn't be convinced that nobody wanted to be saved. So he said, everybody get in the aisle. I said, oh my God, what is this? What is going on? <laughs> He said, everybody get in the aisle, and uh, all of us got in the aisle, and, you know, I'm from one of them Pentecostal churches where, you know, they, 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 they smother you with all. I mean, they, you know, you, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody came from that old-time church where they said, we got this, this boy full of the devil. We got to put a lot of oil on you. And so they, they, they you know, but they didn't pray long. They, in the name of Jesus, send them on. In the name of Jesus, send them on. In the name of Jesus. And literally, this is what happened. When he got to me, he got ready to lay his hands and stopped. And he looked at me. Woo, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him God sees you. Come on, you may be hiding, but God sees you. You can't hide from God. God sees you. He hears you. Jesus walking, felt somebody touch his garment and said, who touched me? Who touched me? God sees you. Hallelujah. That man got ready to lay his hand on me and stopped. And when he stopped, he said, son, tonight is your night. Woo, hallelujah. He said, tonight is your night. He said, I want you to turn around, walk to that door and come back. And I said, oh my God. <laughs> but I had one of them fathers that he was a physical ed instructor and full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he curled that top lip and said, you better do it, that man said, boy, you better not shame me in front of all these folks. Get on down that bus. I turned around and I came from a church that worked in harmony. When they saw someone trying to break through, when they saw somebody trying to have an experience, they didn't just sit there like it was a spectator sport. They didn't just sit there looking. Honey, they got down to business. They began to do spiritual warfare against that demonic force that's been holding that soul hostage. They began to shout. They began to pray. They began to sing. They said, Holy Spirit, uh, to our brother's point, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you pray for the will of God. I concur, man of God. That's it. And they would say, Lord, fill this room. Lord, save these souls. Lord. And they would intercede and pray. And that man made me do that three times, going down that aisle, three times. But that third time, I got halfway down the aisle, and the power of God arrested me. And I, 
Hallelujah. Come on, let's just do a little reflection right now. When the Lord rescued you and lift those hands and begin to worship him and thank him. Hallelujah. Come on, open your heart, open your mouth. Thank God that he found us. Thank God that I didn't have to find him because I was lost. Couldn't find my way, but he found us. Hallelujah. And if you're glad about it, come on, celebrate the Lord with a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Good Lord Almighty. Woo. And then about a year later, I had a baptismal experience in the Holy Ghost going to the ninth grade. The summer going into the night. God baptized me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I tell my little clients I work with, God took me from being Lil Wayne to Brother Wayne. <laughs> filled me with the Holy Ghost. Wasn't no more shame to this thing. I used to be one of them little closet Christians. That night when God saved me, I didn't want my friends to know it. I went back to school trying to perpetrate like I'm still cool and all that. But after the Holy Ghost got a hold to me, it wasn't no shame in my game, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Take that Bible to church, had Bible study. I, say, I did it like I saw them old sisters at my church. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. <laughs> Acts, the first chapter, and I'm not going to take up all my time. I might even give you some of it back. I might give you some of it back because I just come to encourage my brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, that kingdom ministry is still relevant. Don't let this world fool you. I know what they're telling us, especially after coming through the pandemic, man. They're saying churches become irrelevant, that we're losing generations. Listen, that's the world's report, but whose report will you believe? That's the world's reports. That, oh, no, 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 we got the stats. Listen, that's your stats. You don't know who God is saving, where God is moving. You don't know what God is doing. Don't underestimate what God's doing in this hour. Acts, the first chapter. And just one verse of scripture. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. I love to, if you don't have anything else to tell, always share your salvation story with people. You know, always share that. And don't be afraid. You know, I love to, do you know every time I tell that story, I'm, 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 I'm turning 50 years old this year. In May, I turned 50 years old. And do you know, I was in the seventh grade when I had that experience. And do you know the well of water still springs up every time that I talk about it? I mean, like I got saved last night. <laughs> I mean, I feel the joy because he said it would be in you, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You never have to be depressed another day in your life if you don't want it. You don't have to go around sad and angry. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. Acts the first chapter, verse number eight. Jesus declares to his disciples, but ye shall receive what? Power. Oh, y'all act like you're scared, say it. Power. Power. Power, that's right, authority after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So what am I, if I'm a Christian before the Holy Ghost come upon? <laughs> Powerless. I believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is still something that's subsequent to conversion. I know the Holy Spirit. Now you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. It takes the Spirit to draw you. It takes the Holy Spirit to uh, 
you know, convince you that you are a sinner, to reveal to you that you're lost. That's exactly right. And it takes, you know, he has an essential role in our personal salvation. But to be able to do effective ministry, the Holy Spirit has to empower you. He has to give you a And I don't mean to be, you know, you know, insulting when I say this, and please don't take this the wrong way, but there's a certain level in God where what you know just don't matter. I mean, there's a level in God that, you know, your certifications and degrees just don't matter. There's a level in God where it's not by might. I can't hear nobody. It's not by power, <laughs> you know. I mean, at some point, you have to just get down here, empty out, and become like Paul and said, all things that were gained to me, I counted a loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Lord, just do it all over again. And last year, 2022 for me was a, a year where I wanted to get reacquainted with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit began to tell me, you're too passive. My church is too passive. We're being too quiet. We're being too timid. And I came to give you power. He, he, he said, you're being too passive. We're allowing the kingdom of darkness to advance in areas where God has called you to be the head and not the tail. You're allowing kingdom of darkness to advance into lives that God has made you responsible for. Let me say that again. The enemy is advancing into lives and territories that you're responsible for. Oh, that's so sad to hear. Oh, really? Oh, well. No, that was your responsibility. Why? Because after you receive the Holy Ghost, he said, you're going to be a witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, what I want to talk about when we talk about kingdom ministry, and I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost because I, I, I was told I was going to preach. So, I'm just going to flow in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Flowing in the Holy Ghost. One of the first things I want to talk about in kingdom ministry is the necessity of the, uh, of the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now, I, I think we need to go back, start teaching on the Holy Ghost again. I think we need to go back. I think we've kind of, you know, start assuming people got it just because they come to church or just because they cry or show a little emotionalism. But I'm looking for some fruit and some evidence that reflects the power that God says we receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. You need authority and you need power to deal with the types of enemy that's coming against the church in this hour. Do you know the enemy is not playing fair? And what we've got to do as believers, we've got to get aggressive. We've got to get to the posture of war. And the posture of war doesn't mean that we're going to put on, you know, carnal weapons. The weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. That means when we get in the posture of war, that means we're getting on the offense. I'm coming for my son. I'm coming for my daughter. I'm coming for my community. I'm not just going to be okay with drugs moving up in here. I'm not okay with you arresting my sons and my daughters. And I'm not okay with homes falling apart all around. I'm becoming intentional. The Holy Ghost gives you the ability to be intentional. I don't want to have to wait until they're in an accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Woo, the other day, hi, yeah, 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 yeah. The other day I got convicted by the Holy Spirit because I have an unsaved sister that, you know, yeah, I witnessed to her. Yeah, I pray for her. Yeah, you know, but it's a little, you know, I mean, she's your sister. We grew up playing and, you know, whatever. But the other day, oh, Shia, the other day she was in a collision that totaled out her car. And the, when the airbags deployed, she thought she was having a heart attack. She had so much pain in her chest. And when, you know, my family, my mom was the first one to call me about it. And when she called me, the first, oh, the first thing I wanted to know, you know, I, I, I said, you know, we've been praying for this girl, but we've been a little passive about it. You know, because, you know, you get used, uh, 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 can I tell you, that's a dangerous thing to get used to people being lost. That's a dangerous thing. Get used to them being unsaved, undelivered, just used to it. I'm used to you always getting drunk. I'm used to you always smoke. You don't have an urgency. You don't have that, that fire to witness and to pull them out of the fire. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that. Well, all I wanted to know when I said, is the girl alive? And they said, well, they rushed into the hospital and we're on our way, blah, blah, blah. And yes, she was. And when I realized that God had given not just her one more chance. Yeah, she had one more chance, but she wasn't the only one that got. I said, oh, baby, it's on. I'm, getting, I'm, putting, I'm pulling up my sleeve because you came from my family? You. Listen, listen. I can't. We're too passive. We're too passive of a church. Do you realize that the enemy comes to kill? He didn't come to just patty cake with you. He came to kill us. You can't be passive with somebody who's coming to kill you. You can't negotiate with folk who already got it in mind to kill you. Ain't no negotiating. It's time to fight. Can I get a witness? It's time to, did I, I don't know if I, did I turn my, okay, good. I'm sorry, y'all right, right, y'all good. The first thing we need to know about kingdom ministry, it needs to, we need to have an infilling of the Holy Spirit. When man, I got seven minutes, when man fell from grace, every aspect of our humanity was impacted by that fall. What do you mean every aspect? We were, God formed us from the dust of the ground, a physical body, breathed into us the breath of life, and we became a living soul. We had a body that gives us world consciousness. We have a spirit that gives us God consciousness. We have a soul that gives us self-consciousness, and every aspect was impacted by the fall. Sin dominated and reigned over every aspect of who we were. And in the restoration through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the Holy Spirit had a ministering work in the restoration of every part of who we are. The Holy Spirit gives us, oh my God, hallelujah, the promises of God which are in him all, yes and amen. May I be healed? Yes, because it's in his word. May I be the, yes, <laughs> yeah. 
and the Holy Spirit began to play an active role in restoring health, restoring our relationship to God. But he's also playing an, an essential role in restoring the true sense of self that God intended you and I to be. So the infilling of the Holy Spirit is necessary because without the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we're operating from an incomplete place. We're looking at, amen, ourselves in light of who we used to be. See, your soul always lives in the past, and it takes the Holy Spirit to renew him daily. The Holy Spirit has to know. Now, your spirit, oh God, according to Romans 8, uh, you know, 10, 9, and 8, you know, confess with your mouth. You remember that. Believe in your heart. Well, that spirit comes out of darkness into the light the moment you confess and believe. But that soul is making a slow transition into the light. And that soul has to be like that dude going to the gym. <laughs> he ain't going to come out there at that one, you know, that one little workout, come out just ripped. <laughs> No, you got to keep going and you got to develop a routine. You got to go to Bible study. I can't hear nobody. That's the gym. That's the gym. I know you're still looking at girls the wrong way. I know you're listening to the wrong music. I know them little words still slipping out your mouth, but don't give up. Just keep coming back to the gym, baby. Keep coming back to the gym because you're going to lay aside that weight after a while. You're going to start saying, mm, slimming down a bit. <laughs> Looking good, looking better, talking better, acting better. So the infilling of the Holy Spirit plays a necessary role in restoring you to the point where God intended you to be in the first place. Never intended for you to be defeated, never intended for you to be depressed, never depended for, uh, depended, uh, intended for you to be dependent on drugs and alcohol. So he restores you to your rightful place in God. Now, after the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in restoring you, then the Holy Spirit has to begin to teach you. He restores you. He nurtures you. He cares for you. But now he's your teacher. He begins to teach you the word of God and give you application and revelation so that you can become an effective witness. Because people, when they call us, now I don't know who in this audience, but anyway, I'm just going to preach. Uh, but, you know, when they call us to go to court, <laughs> And, and, and say, we need to put you on the witness stand. They ain't calling you for what, for what they, you know, what you, what you heard. Say, <laughs> so, you know, well, I heard. <laughs> no, 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 no. We want to know what do you know? And the world is tired of hearing us tell what we've heard. The world wants to know what do you know? And listen, oh God, you can't be ashamed of your testimony. You have a testimony that you can't afford not to tell this world because you are missing great opportunities to rescue a world that feels like they're the only one that has gone through domestic violence. The only ones who have gone through mental health issues. They feel like they're the only ones that have ever been incarcerated. We have to share our testimony. So the Holy Spirit begins to coach you up on how to use what the enemy has meant for evil. How to use that for the glory and honor of God. Amen. Now the Holy Spirit, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, after being tutored by the Holy Spirit, praise God. One of the things that Jesus tells his disciples as he's getting ready to leave the earth, he said, it's not for you to know the times and season that the Father has put in his own power, but you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you 
and you will be witnesses in Judea. In other words, I need you to start at home having some influence. Start right here at home. I make sure, especially since my sister's gone through what she's gone through, we've got to have a devotion every day. We've got to pray every day. And my mother has been battling illness and I've just gotten aggressive with it every day and I call her and the Holy Spirit tells me when I need to call her. I said, Satan, I, I, I know you're over there trying to mess with my mama and tell her that she ain't going to get better, but she's already healed in Jesus' name. And I agree with God. And when you come out of agreement with this physical realm and stand in full agreement with the word of God, it will work. Do you hear me? The word will work. And the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. He gives you confidence. He gives you the reassurance that God's word is true. Amen, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. And listen, not only will the Holy Spirit give us, you know, that, 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 that power and authority, but he gives us influence, a kingdom influence. Now, what is the purpose of kingdom influence in this last minute? This is important because kingdom influence means that I may not have a million dollars. I may not be a well-known. I may not came from an elite family. But God, because of who you are and because of what he's called you to do, will give you influence that money can't get you. Influence that positions and titles can't get. You are in this world, my brothers and sisters, but you are not of this world. Your father is King Jesus. Amen. He's king. He's king and he's Lord. So why would we take our ministry and keep it hid? Because if our ministry is hid, if this gospel is hid, it's hid to those who are lost. So today, kingdom ministry, let's get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's get back to the altar and say, Lord, fill me again. Do it again. Take me back to that seventh grade little boy walking down the aisle with my hands up and tears running down as I felt the flood of God's love come into my heart. Never forget where God's brought you from. Never forget what he's done for you. And as we move forward in this brand new year, let's move with boldness in the power of the Holy Ghost and you shall receive power. Be witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Jerusalem, Judea, then in Samaria. Amen. Those, those places we've been scared to go into. <laughs> go there, boy, with no fear. No fear. God bless you. Listen, Jesus loves you and I do too. It's good to be with you. Pray for me.